21 ways alcohol affects the body. And number one, it destroys your liver. So we all know about cirrhosis, the irreversible damage to the liver that affects heavy drinkers. But this damage to the liver is a very slow, gradual process. Cirrhosis is actually the end stage. By the time that you get there, alcohol has already been damaging your liver for years. You see, the liver is the primary organ that metabolizes alcohol. It breaks it down so the body can get rid of it. This breakdown process always generates dangerous byproducts. This is because our body lacks an efficient, safe way to break down the alcohol. We simply haven't evolved to ingest it. Now, one of the most harmful products of this process is acetaldehyde. This is actually more toxic than alcohol itself. In response to the acetaldehyde, the liver has to make yet more enzymes to break it down. Eventually, the acetaldehyde overcomes your liver's ability to cope and damage starts to accumulate. The first stage of liver damage is what doctors call fatty liver disease. The liver literally swells up in size from excess fat. Symptoms are mild or non-existent at this stage. The next stage is alcohol hepatitis. Now the liver becomes inflamed and starts to form scar tissue. The damage to the liver is still reversible at this point, at least partially. The final stage of liver disease is cirrhosis. And at this point, the damage is irreversible. At that point, life expectancy is only a few years. The second thing that happens is it mutates your breast cells. For women, one of the most important effects of long-term alcohol consumption is an increased risk of breast cancer. Now, this is true especially for heavy drinkers, but also to an extent for moderate consumption. To put it simply, every single unit of alcohol that you consume adds slightly to your lifelong risk of developing breast cancer. The takeaway is, if breast cancer runs in your family or if you have any other reason to be concerned about this, there is no such thing as drinking in moderation. And number three, it upsets your internal reward system. So our brain is hardwired through millions of years of evolution to perceive certain stimuli as rewarding and pleasant. Two of the most important rewarding stimuli we find in nature are sex and food. When we have sex and eat tasty food, this activates certain so-called reward circuitry systems in the brain. This is the body way of telling us that the stimuli is, well, good. The way alcohol and other drugs work is by hijacking this neural circuit. Rather than real-world stimuli from our five senses, a glass of alcohol directly stimulates these circuits in our brain. The activation is short-lived and leaves the drinker wanting more reward as in another drink. Over time, heavy drinkers develop a tolerance to these effects and they eventually receive no reward for drinking. At that point, they are merely sustaining their addiction. Unfortunately, alcohol's unnatural activation of the brain's reward circuits also interferes with the pleasure drinkers get from naturally rewarding stimuli. This is part of the reason that heavy drinkers often get little enjoyment from activities that they once found rewarding. And guys, just before we get into point number four, if you want to get access to a free video training that shows you how to apply first principles thinking to immediately control your drinking without AA and willpower and therapy and rehab, then make sure to click the link in the description. There'll be a free training video there that shows you a lot of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to control their drinking, as well as the two phases of becoming sober clear. You definitely don't want to miss that training video, so make sure to click the link in the description. Now at number four, Alcohol neuroadapts your brain. If you flood your brain with alcohol on a daily basis, it will be forced to change the way that it works, simply in order to cope. And if you flood it with alcohol for long enough, these changes will be irreversible. Scientists call these changes neuroadaptation. Now, we just saw how drinking affects your internal reward system, but there are even more permanent changes. These can persist for decades after stopping drinking. Now, one of these relates to the so-called 
priming effect. The priming effect describes how former drinkers can relapse back into full-blown addiction after one single drink. This is even after they haven't had a drink in years or decades. Now, scientists don't exactly understand how the priming effect works in our brain, but the fact that this effect exists in the first place is proof that years of drinking can permanently alter our brains, even if outwardly we don't notice anything unusual in our behavior. And number five, it decreases fertility. Now, we all know that pregnant women shouldn't drink, but chances are you didn't know that women shouldn't drink if they want to get pregnant as well. Heavy alcohol consumption lowers women's so-called ovarian reserve. This is the fancy name that scientists use to describe their fertility potential. According to some studies, women who consume five drinks a week have a 60% probability of getting pregnant compared to non-drinkers. For those who drink over 10 glasses a week, this percentage falls to around 34%. Women who drink more often are also more likely to seek medical help for infertility issues. Alcohol can also affect male fertility through sexual dysfunction, sperm changes, or both. And number six, it mutates the cells in your oral cavity, pharynx, and larynx. So we mentioned earlier how drinking can increase the risk of breast cancer, especially for women already at a high risk. But this is not the only part of the body where alcohol can cause cancer. At the first point of contact of alcohol with your body is the mouth and the throat. This is one of the primary sites in the body likely to develop alcohol-related cancer. Compared to non-drinkers, light drinkers have a roughly 10 to 15% more chance of developing these types of cancers. This relative risk increases to nearly twofold for moderate drinkers and fivefold for heavy drinkers. And number seven, it ages your skin. A recent study looked at the skin condition of over 3,000 women from North America Europe, and Australia. As you'd expect, a history of smoking was linked to excessive aging, but alcohol consumption was also an independent factor for premature aging. In particular, alcohol was linked to under red eye puffiness, mid-face volume loss, and blood vessels on the cheeks. The more severe the drinking, the worse the aging. At number eight, it makes you more prone to epilepsy. The idea that heavy drinkers are more prone to epilepsy is not new. Traditionally, researchers have focused on the seizures that can happen sometimes after a heavy drinker stops drinking. But there is strong evidence to suggest that drinking can cause epilepsy as an independent disease. Scientists don't exactly understand the causal relationship, but the evidence at this point is pretty strong. A 2010 review found that moderate to heavy drinkers had a two to three time higher likelihood of developing epilepsy. The heavier the drinker, the higher the risk. Now, it is not yet clear if these types of epilepsy are reversible after the person stops drinking. At number nine, alcohol raises blood pressure. Now, there are two timeframes to this. Firstly, if you have a few drinks in one sitting, this will raise your blood pressure, but this is only temporary. Over time, however, excessive alcohol consumption can lead to permanently elevated blood pressure. If you do have high blood pressure, one of the first things that your doctors will probably recommend is that you cut down on drinking and smoking, of course. Aside from its direct effect on raising blood pressure, alcohol also raises it indirectly via weight gain, which I'll come to shortly. And number 10, it decreases the quality of your sleep. So alcohol is a little bit of a funny one when it comes to sleep. Research agrees with the common wisdom that alcohol can help you fall asleep quicker. It can reduce sleep onset latency. It also helps you stay asleep more during the first half of the night, but it has the opposite effect on the second half. 
So on a night when you've had a few drinks, you'll likely pass out quickly, but you're also more likely to wake up in the middle of the night and then not be able to go back to sleep. And you'll probably be getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. This is because your body is pulling water from the cells in an attempt to flush out the toxic ethanol. So not only will your sleep suffer, but you'll probably wake up dehydrated in the morning. A friend of mine describes the feeling as having the blood sucked out of his veins. Now, alcohol also affects the quality of your sleep. It messes up your sleep cycles, so you get less deep sleep. With regards to REM sleep, when you see dreams, this is generally suppressed during the first half of the night, but rebounds in the second. At number 11, we've got weight gain. Now, alcoholic drinks are rich in calories, but most people don't realize the extent of this. It's been estimated that after white bread and sweets, alcohol is the third significant source of energy intake in the United States. In the UK, it's the fifth. Quite shocking when you think about it. Now, if you drink one or two units every other day, your body will probably be able to handle this without problem. But with heavier drinking, this is where the problems start. Men who drink are generally more prone to weight gain compared to women, probably because they prefer beer over wine and beer has more calories per unit. At 12, it attacks your pancreas. Now, we usually focus on the liver, but alcohol can actually be even more devastating when it attacks the pancreas. Heavy chronic alcohol consumption can lead to an inflammatory condition in the pancreas called pancreatitis. The primary symptom of pancreatitis is pain in the abdomen. And when I'm talking pain, I mean the most debilitating pain imaginable. If you know anybody suffering from this condition, you will understand what I'm talking about. Now, in its chronic form, pancreatitis ebbs and flows in intensity, but is generally incurable. Aside from alcohol abuse, another aggravating factor is smoking. But advanced pancreatitis is probably just the tip of the iceberg. Autopsies of heavy drinkers show the majority of them have tissue abnormalities consistent with pancreatitis, even in the absence of noticeable symptoms like pain. At 13, it distorts your nose. So this is the stereotype of the elderly alcoholic with the massive nose and red cheeks. But is there any truth to this? Now, the medical term for this condition is rhinophima. This comes from the Greek words for nose and tumor, though the condition is not cancerous per se. Now, the swell of the nose is caused by a thickening of the skin and enlargement of the sebaceous glands. The topic is somewhat sensitive and scientists have generally shied away from it. But a recent study out of France showed a very significant link between this condition and alcohol consumption. Though alcohol does play a role, a genetic predisposition is probably necessary to develop the condition. At number 14, we've got rosacea. So we covered the nose, but what about the other stereotype, the red cheeks? Guys, again, unfortunately, this is also true. Scientifically, the term is rosacea and it affects predominantly the elderly. Though there are many people with rosacea who are not drinkers, alcohol consumption is just a recognized trigger, along with smoking. And another risk factor for this is prolonged exposure to the sun. Guys, at number 15, we've got depression. So can you remember earlier when we were saying how alcohol messes up your internal reward systems? Well, as you'd expect, the end result is clearly not going to be a happier version of yourself. The link between heavy alcohol consumption and depression is well documented. For example, a 2005 review in the American Journal of Medicine estimated that people with depression are more than two times more likely to also be problem drinkers. Problems with alcohol are also linked to worse outcomes to depression, such as committing suicide or even being institutionalized. At 16, we've got memory impairment. One of the most striking effects of heavy alcohol use on the brain is the impact on memory. Drinking affects our memories in a very specific way. It doesn't affect your already established memories, but your ability to form new ones. So things like 
names, telephone numbers, events, all of this becomes more difficult to remember. This is why former drinkers often describe their drinking days as a kind of haze. Another effect of alcohol on memory is blackouts. This is basically complete amnesia, where you don't remember a thing from what you were doing or even saying the night before. Now, I've experienced a number of blackouts and blackouts can happen with problem drinkers as well as social drinkers, providing that they've had enough to drink. At 17, we've got peripheral neuropathy. So we saw multiple ways in which drinking impacts your brain, the body's central nervous system, but it can also affect your peripheral nervous system. That's all the nerves that branch out from the brain and spinal cord to more or less every other part of the body. The condition is called peripheral neuropathy. The core symptoms are usually a feeling of pins and needles, pain, numbness and weakness. There can also be involuntary muscle spasms and contractions, constipation, diarrhea, incompetence and even male impotence. Now, I'm not going to lie, this can be a pretty scary condition. Fortunately, it is partially reversible for those who stop drinking. At number 18, we've got an irregular heartbeat. Now, the media love talking about how glass of wine can lower your risk of heart disease. Who knows, it might be true. It probably isn't, but let's say for instance, that it is. Now, what the media won't tell you is that all the ways that heavier alcohol consumption can damage your heart. And one of the most obvious ones is an irregular heartbeat. Now, doctors have known about this going back even into the 19th century. A 1902 book referred to this symptom as, quote, alcoholic heart disease. Now, there are various types of irregular heartbeats, but the most common one is a trial fibrillation. Now, usually it isn't life-threatening, but it can increase your risk of stroke and heart failure. It's more common in the early hours of the morning or after getting up from a binge drinking session. Some researchers have suggested that 5 to 30% of a trial fibrillation cases might be alcohol-related. And going back to how that one glass of wine can supposedly protect your heart, well, not according to one study that found one drink a day can increase your risk of a trial fibrillation by 16%. And number 19 is it weakens the immune system. Over time, heavy drinking can affect the immune system, increasing your susceptibility to various diseases. These can range from pneumonia and tuberculosis to HIV and hepatitis. If we look at tuberculosis, for example, Studies that follow long-term alcohol and drug abusers find that their risk of developing this is 15 to 200 that of the general population. Many researchers also think that drinking can increase the risk of autoimmune reactions and that these can affect various organs, including the liver and kidneys. And number 20 are the effects that alcohol has on the blood. Now, blood clots happen when the platelets in your blood bond together to form a solid mass in a vessel that isn't otherwise damaged. If a clot forms in a major vein of the body, this can have potentially very serious consequences, including stroke and death. And heavy drinkers are at an increased risk of blood clots compared to the normal population. But the effects of alcohol on the blood go beyond platelets. Basically, any type of blood cell can be adversely affected. Alcoholics can often struggle with anemia, for example, due to the damage to the red blood cells. They are also more prone to infections due to white cell damage. And guys, at number 21, it lowers your life expectancy. Rather unsurprisingly, after everything we've covered so far, is that alcohol can flat out kill you. According to the CDC, alcohol claims the lives of around 95,000 Americans per year. Those who die from an alcohol-related condition lose on average 29 years of their life. A majority of deaths, 70% involve men, and more than 80% are with people over the age of 35. For reference, smoking claims the lives of close to half a million Americans a year. Don't forget to click the link in the description to get access to the free video training. Have a great day.